All right, good morning, Crossbridge. Would you please stand as we begin to worship this morning? Today's scripture is in Isaiah 40, verses 28 through through 31. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Have you not not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and not be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount on up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint.
got me on? All right, I'm on now. Okay. Good morning. Glad everybody's here. Uh, we're going to be live today. Today's a really special day. It's the first time we've ever done this, but um, after, after our welcoming uh, song here in just a second, we're going to greet one another. The kids are going to be doing uh, associational Bible drill this morning, and that'll take probably 20 minutes or so, uh, 20 to 30 minutes, and I'll be pre- preaching kind of a shorter sermon today, but I, I'm, I'm really excited you guys are here to watch these kids they are amazing, and you wait and see at all the hard work that they've done. Uh, so we will have children's church a little bit earlier today, uh, and, and I'll announce that. But I'm glad you're here today. Let's go, Lord, in prayer with one another, and then we'll have our welcoming time uh, today. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today, Lord, to worship you, uh, to glorify you in, in singing, in song, in preaching of your word, and watching these kids Lord, and cheering them on for the hard work that they've done in memorizing your word, Lord, and and hiding it in their heart. And so I'm excited for today, Lord. I pray for them that their nerves will be calm and they don't worry because they're in front of a bunch of people, Lord, but just focus on what you've taught them and what they've learned. And so, Lord, we just love you today. We glorify and honor you. Thank you for the beautiful weather we have today, Lord. And so just bless us today as we worship you. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning and tell everybody hi.
Okay, you may be seated this morning, so at this time, I'm going to have the media team, if they would start setting the stage up for uh, Bible drill, they're going to do that. Um, So what we're going to do, I'm going to go through announcements, and then after the announcements, we're going to do the Bible drill, and then after that, you'll have a kind of a shorter sermon today, and then we'll have a closing invitation song, and during the closing invitation song is when we will take up uh, our offering. So a few announcements while they're getting everything set up uh, for the kids. Uh, tonight, they are starting, Max, was it First, first Peter, correct? Second Peter. Second Peter uh, tonight, men's Bible study downstairs. At 6 o'clock this evening, they're starting 2 Peter. It's a new study, so come to that uh, tonight, fellas, for that. Today, right after morning service, ladies, you are having lunch today downstairs, and the women's leadership will be uh, announcing the women's rollout kind of for 2021. So we have a women's leadership team uh, and all the stuff that they have planned. That's going to be right after service for lunch downstairs. Men's prayer breakfast, fellas, next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. It's a great time. If you've never been to one, it, we just have a good time. We aggravate one another, and we eat breakfast, and then we pray uh, for the church. And so it's a really good time. Come to that next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Also, I don't know, Dave, if you can put it up there, but I know we have a lot of visitors. We have a texting uh, thing that we do. If you would like to be notified about church services, updates, and prayer requests. There's, you can sign up for our texting thing. They'll show you how to do that on the overhead uh, if you would like that. We send out reminders about men's prayer breakfast and, and prayer requests throughout the week and, and what's going on. Also, Sunday, uh, April 18th, which is next Sunday, there's a, the mission trip meeting. The Charleston mission trip meeting is at 3 o'clock at the association, if you plan, the association office here in town, if you plan on going to Charleston for that mission trip, which is in June, please uh, go to that, and Josh is in charge of that. Got it all, Josh? Okay, um, come to that. Here's something else that's going to be coming up. Sunday, April 25th, me and Max Hartman will be starting to teach the new members class. So usually once every two to three months, we have a new members class it's a really good time. So um, we, we, if you're, maybe you're not a member here yet and you're thinking about, hey, I want to become a member of this local body and serve here, uh, come talk to me. Come talk to one of our elders. You can uh, start attending that class. We have a good time. We go over the church constitution. We talk about what it means to be a church member. Uh, we talk about our roles as le- in leadership in the church. And it's just a really good thing. So um, the process for that is you need to come forward during the invitation and say, hey, I, I want to become a member here, and then we'll meet with you. You start that class. It's a, it's, it's, it's a really good thing. Uh, so today is associational Bible drill for these kids. Uh, if they pass today, which I firmly believe they will, the next one is state Bible drill. And the state Bible drill will be here at 6 o'clock on Sunday, April 25th at 6 o'clock, and we're going to have a party for them to follow uh, that night. Also, something else. We got an outreach coming up, Mike. On Saturday, May 1st, Saturday, May 1st, we've only got like three weeks uh, on this. So here's what we need 
I told Mike to go to individual people in the congregation and say, hey, I need your help this day. Can you help me? So if he comes up and he puts you on the spot, blame me because I told him to do that. Uh, so we want a lot of people to show up if you can that day. We're going to hold it at the park on A Highway. We've rented the park on A Highway. We'll have stuff going on. We'll have a sermon that afternoon. And then that evening, we're going to have food, a barbecue. I don't know what all he's got planned. but And then that evening, we'll have freeway service here at the church. I'll be preaching that service on Saturday, May 1st. Kids event coming up. Saturday, May 2nd, the Splash Kids. Is that... Sat, what do I have? I have Sunday. Thank you. Sunday, May 2nd. The Splash Kids, which stand for Small People Loving and Serving Him, right? Okay. They're going to the zoo in Springfield after the morning service. They'll have pizza downstairs, and then all the kids are going to take a trip to the zoo. So if your child wants to go on that, it's for 5th grade, 6th grade, 5th grade and below, 5th grade and below. If you want to go on that, please see Miss Sierra, Okay. Uh, I don't think I have any other announcements. We ready to get Bible drill rocking and rolling? Okay, I'm going to give her the mic. I want all the our Bible drillers to come up. Uh, kids, if you would, as Sierra gets this started, when you step forward, please speak into the mics because we do have people downstairs. We have people watching online. So when you step forward and give an answer, please speak really good into that mic. Sierra, you want to come up? Um, here's the other thing. Let me do this. Children's church, if you have a child that's second grade or below, we're starting children's church early today. The reason why is because during Bible drill, we want to try to keep it as relatively quiet as we can. Uh, so if you have one that's normally when I'm preaching, let them scream and yell. But during this, we kind of don't want them to be uh, distracted. So we'll go ahead and start children's church right now. If you have a child who would like to go downstairs to children's church, um, they can do that right now. Let me pray for them, and then I'm going to turn this over uh, to Sierra this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to pray for you guys. Don't be nervous. I stand up here in front of the church and act like a goofball every Sunday, okay? And so you guys, I'm used, you're going to do good though, okay? So let me pray for you. Let's pray for these kids. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning that we're here today, Lord. And I pray for them right now, Lord, that you'll just calm their nerves. They've worked hard and they know what they're doing right now. So I just pray for them uh, that their nerves will be calm. And Lord, I pray uh, this morning that this, what is about ready to happen, will convict us here in this congregation. That will convict us in our knowledge of God's word, our desire to study your word this morning, Lord, and our desire to have our kids be in your word this morning. I pray that there will be conviction this morning and there will be parents and adults that say, I just need to get into God's word more than I am, Lord. I pray for that today. Lord, we love you. Thank you for these kids and the example they're going to set for us today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Welcome to Association Bible Drills. So 
This is the second drill out of a three-series drill. So the church drill, um, they just compete with kids in their church. So unfortunately, um, our church is the only church in the entire Baptist Association that does Bible drill. Um, so we really need to be plugging this and getting the other churches involved. Um, but anyway, so um, it's a privilege and honor to be able to do this. So today, if they get um, 16 or more correct responses out of 24, they get to move on to state. And um, since COVID, they have canceled state the last two years. So we go ahead and do our own state drill. Um, all the materials come from the Missouri Baptist Association. So um, I have to communicate with the state, which can be a hassle. So they literally just sent me this drill like two days ago. Um, it had mistakes in it, so I had to go through the whole thing and fix those. And um, so these kids have no idea what's on this drill. They just know that um, it'll be a combination of some of the 25 verses that they've learned, some of the 10 key passages that they've learned, and the books of the Bible. So um, without further ado, I will read your instructions, and then I'll read some instructions to them. Um, so no distracting, like videotaping or photography during the drill. Um, please remain as quiet as possible. So, um, like, you know, hold the applause until the end. If you're coughing or sneezing or whatever, just leave and come back on in. Um, and then if there's any, like, kids crying, um, we love the children, but we don't want to distract these guys. So um, if you have anything like that, just go ahead and exit the room and then come back um, if um, you're able to. And then um, just make sure you turn off your phones and alarms so that um, these guys just can concentrate. All right, are you guys ready to hear your instructions? Okay. Hands at your side for attention. Remember to look at me until the call start is given. After you have found the reference and stepped forward, look at me. Do not step out if you do not know the answer. Treat the Bible with respect. Be sure your finger is on the reference before you step out. I'm already being the distraction because I'm going to get the mic before the call time because they only have 10 seconds. Right, right, okay. Sorry. I thought I lost my timekeeper there for a second. Get me out of here. All right. Um, be sure your finger is on the reference before you step out. It may be on any page um, of the book for the book drill or any verse in the key passage for the key passage drill. Once you step out, do not step back. If you have made a mistake, raise your hand. Do not move your finger from one reference to another after you have stepped forward. Do not turn a page um, after you have stepped out unless you are called upon and request permission, which you guys know this. You've been practicing for like eight months now. When one person is called on to read, everyone else should follow along silently in his or, own, his or her own Bible and look at me. If you have started to step out and time is called, don't hesitate. Step on out. It will be up to the judges to decide whether you have started your motion before time is called. We practice grace around here. So if you have it and you step forward, I'm going to tell you that you're good. If all children have stepped out before time is called, the caller proceeds with the drill rather than waiting for time to be called. If you feel like you can't continue the drill, just ask for permission to leave or you can exit off the stage right there. But... Um, you guys are awesome. You're going to do great. I'm so proud of you. You've made it this far. Um, so, yeah, here we go. This is our warm-up drill, so you're going to need your Bibles. This will not affect your score. This is just for warm-up, so you need to take a deep breath. All right, we will begin with the book drill. I will give you the name of a book in the Bible, and you will find that book. Place your index finger on any verse in the book named, then step forward. When called upon, please give the book before the one named, the book named, and the book that follows. Present Bibles. 
numbers. Numbers. Start. All right, awesome job. Number four. Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I mean, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You got it, sis. Awesome. Attention, our next drill is the key passage drill. I will give the title of a key passage. You are to find the passage, place your index finger on any verse in that passage, and then step forward. If called upon, please give the title of the key passage and the reference. Then I will ask you to read a verse within that passage. And don't forget to reference the verse after you read. Present Bibles. The birth of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. Start. Time. Number three. The birth of Jesus, Luke 2, 1 through 7. Please read verse 7. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. John, I mean Luke 2, 7. Very good. Attention, we are now ready for the quotation drill. I will give a reference. If you know the verse and where it is found, step forward. When called upon, please quote the entire verse and give the reference. Psalm 1914. Psalm 1914. Start. <laughs> All right, number two. Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalms 1914. Perfect. And make sure you get nice and close to that mic when you're speaking, okay? Because the people downstairs want to be able to hear you too. All right, attention. Our last drill is the, our last drill for the warm-up drill, I should say, is the completion drill. I will give you a part of a verse of scripture. If you know the entire verse and where it is found, step forward. When called upon, please quote the entire verse and give the reference. You will know. You will know. Start. Number one. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. Very good. All right, you're going to need your Bibles. We're getting into the real deal now. All right. We will begin with the book drill. I will give the name of a book in the Bible, and you will find that book. Place your index finger on any verse in the book named, and then step forward. When called upon, please give the book before the one named, the book named, and the book that follows. Are you ready? Present Bibles. Hosea. Hosea. Start. Time. Awesome. Number four. Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Perfect. Thank you. Attention. Present Bibles. Zechariah, Zechariah, start. Number three. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Thank you. First Thessalonians, oh, sorry. Attention, present Bibles. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, start. 
Time. Number two. was First Thessalonians. Do you want to try again? Are you in First Thessalonians? Okay. Do you want to try again? Yeah, go ahead. What comes before First Thessalonians? Yeah, that's fine. Number one. Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. Thank you. Step back. All right. Attention, present Bibles. 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. Start. Time. Number four. Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles. Galatians. Galatians. Start. Time. Number three. Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, start. Time. Number two. Very good. Thank you. All right. Attention. Our next drill is the key passage drill. I will give you the title of a key passage. You are to find the passage, place your index finger on any verse in that passage, and then step forward. If called upon, please give the title of the key passage and the reference. Then I will ask you to read a verse within that passage. Are you ready? Okay. Present Bibles. A prayer for forgiveness. A prayer for forgiveness. Start. Time. Number one. A prayer for forgiveness. Psalm 51. Please read verse two. Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. Psalm 51, two. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles, the model prayer, the model prayer, start. Time. Number four. The model prayer, Matthew 6, 5 through 15. Please read verse 9. 
Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Matthew 6, 9. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles. The Christian's armor. The Christian's armor. Start. Time. Number three. The Christian's armor, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Please read verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the scenes of the evil, of the devil. Um, Ephesians 6, 11. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles. The baptism of Jesus. The baptism of Jesus. Start. Time. Number two. The baptism of Jesus. Matthew 3, 11 through 17. All right. It's Matthew 3. You got that. And then what are the verses again? You got 17. Do you know what verse it starts at? Oh, 13 through 17. 13 through 17. Very good. Please read verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan and to baptize him by him, to be baptized by him. Matthew 3, 13. Very good. Thank you. Attention, present Bibles, the comfort chapter, the comfort chapter, start. Time. You're good, Nathaniel and Landon, you can both step forward. Number one. John four. Oh wait, shoot, I was at 11. May I step back, please? Yeah, that's okay. Number four. The comfort, the comfort chapter, John 14. Please read verse one. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. John 14, one. Very good. Attention. Present Bibles. The Israelites leave Egypt. The Israelites leave Egypt. Start. Number three. The Israelites leave Egypt. Exodus 12, 37 through 42. Please read verse 40. The time, came, the time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was 430 years. Exodus 12, 40. Very good. All right, you can set your Bibles down. Attention, we are now ready for the quotation drill. I will give a reference. If you know the verse and where it is found, step forward. When called upon, please quote the entire verse and give the reference. Are you ready? Luke 6, 31. Luke 6, 31. Start. Number two. Just as you want others to do to you, do the same for them. All right, repeat it one more time to get close to the mic. Just as you want others to do to you, do the same for them. Luke 2, 31. 
Luke 3, 13-31. The reference was Luke 6, 31. Say it one more time and get the right reference. Luke 6, 31. Just as you want others to do to you, do the same for them. Luke 6, 31. Perfect. Thank you. Attention. 1 Chronicles 16, 8. 1 Chronicles 16, 8. Start. Number one. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples. 1 Chronicles 16, 8. Very good. Thank you. Attention. 1 Corinthians 10.31. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Start. Number four. 1 Corinthians 10.31. For whatever you eat or drink, for whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Very good. Thank you. Attention. Deuteronomy 6.5. Deuteronomy 6.5. Start. Number three. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Very good. Thank you. Attention. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Start. Number two. But everything has to be done decently and in order. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Very good. Thank you. Attention. Mark 13, 31. Mark 13, 31. Start. Number one. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Mark 13, 31. Very good. Thank you. Attention. Our last drill is the completion drill. I will give you a part of a verse of scripture. If you know the entire verse and where it is found, step forward. When called upon, please quote the entire verse and give the reference. Are you ready? I am able to do all things. I am able to do all things. Start. Number four. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Very good. Thank you. Attention. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be. Start. Number three. My dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anchor. James 1.19. Very good. Thank you. Attention. But you will receive power. But you will receive power. Start. Number two. Get really close to your mic. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8. Very good. Thank you. Attention. Mankind, he has told you what is good. Mankind, he has told you what is good. Start. Number one. Mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you. To act justly, to love faithfulness, to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6 8. Very good. Thank you. Attention. Listen to this Job. Listen to this Job. Start. Number four. Listen to this Job. Stop and consider God's wonders. Job 37 14. Very good. 
attention. And if you believe you, and if you believe you, start. Number three. And if you believe, you receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Matthew 21, 22. Very good. This completes your drill. You may relax. the altars are open for you to come and repent. (laughs) Great job. Great job, kids. Give them another hand. Just an amazing, amazing job. Sierra, great work. Great work. Great work. So uh, I want want to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to read God's word, and we're going to talk about why we just did what we did and why it's important. Turn your Bibles to John 17, 17. We will uh, announce their scores at the end, and of course, we're going to have them come forward, and uh, we're going to honor them at the end also. John 17, 17. John 17, 17. It says this. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we're here today, Lord, and we honor you. And Lord, to to say that we're proud of these young uh, people is an understatement, Lord, because they've given you glory and honor this morning by the hard work that they've put in, Lord. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for their parents, Lord, that have worked with them and and they, the, the dedication that they have shown to study your word and to memorize your word, Lord, uh, is a lesson for everybody in here today, Lord. And so, uh, God, as we preach your word for the next few minutes, Lord, we, we want to honor you. Challenge us, Lord, to go deeper in your word to know you better. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, today you may have witnessed Bible drill for the first time. To say that they have worked hard is absolutely an understatement, I would say. Uh, But you may be here today and you may be visiting or you may just be here like, why are we doing this on a Sunday morning? Why do this on a Sunday morning? Why did the elders here at Crossbridge think that it would be a good idea to hold Bible drill during a Sunday morning worship? And it's really a very easy answer. And we want you to know how serious we take Scripture. We want you to know how serious we take Scripture, how important it is for you to hide God's Word In your heart. We're going to talk about that. And for your kids and your family to know Scripture. Why is it important to know Scripture? Because God's Word is the absolute authority for the whole universe. It governs everything in the universe. The Lord Jesus Christ is the absolute authority, and His words govern everything. Therefore, in the life of a a believer, in the life of a follower of Christ, God's Word is what? The final authority. If it's in here, we want to do it. If it's not in here, we don't want to do it. And our job as elders in this church is to teach this body the truth that is found here in God's Word. It is our job to teach you all that. And and, and so I want to take a a couple of minutes this morning, just cover a couple of the, the truths that are found in God's Word and why we did this this morning. 
And the first one is foundational. The first thing I want to talk about is foundational for you believing in who Jesus is. If you do not believe in this, I do not know how you can be a believer. And the first uh, point I want to cover today is the Word of God is without error. It is called the inerrancy of Scripture. We believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21 says, Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but by men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what is God's word? It is God's words. It was penned by man, but God is the author. It is without error. There are no contradictions or errors. We believe that. We hold to the truth of that. That means that this is not just some man-made idea. What's found in these books is not just man's opinion on a subject. It's God's opinion on the subject. It's what God says about the subject. And so this statement that we hear so prevalent in our society today, that, well, this was just something that somebody wrote 2,000 years ago that was their opinion and it was relevant to, to them. But today, I mean, we're a progressive society and so what they talked about back then doesn't apply today. And so you really can't take Scripture literally All of that, let me say this morning, is a lie from Satan himself. It is a lie from Satan. Because if I can get you to believe that the Bible is without error, it has errors in it, if I can get you to believe that there are mistakes and contradictions in Scripture, then it opens up this whole can of worms that says, well, what can I trust in here? And you would ask yourself, well, what parts of the Bible should I believe? If there's an error or a mistake, well, what about Jesus? Is Jesus really real? So it would open up everything to this thing. of Everything would be fair game, including Jesus' own words in John 14, 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if there's errors in Scripture and someone believes that the Bible is just a, a, a big opinion of man's, then what Jesus said may not be true then, right? And so there is no absolute truths. If you don't believe in in the inerrancy of Scripture, you don't believe in absolute truth. You believe whatever is truthful is relative to the circumstances. Well, it was was relevant 2,000 years ago, but here in our progressive society today, the Bible has errors and mistakes. Then that, if you believe that, then everything is open game and you don't know what you believe. But if you believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, if you believe that the Bible is 100% truth, then what we have to do is look at God's Word and say, okay, Lord, what do you say about yourself? Who do you say that you are? How do you say that we should live our lives? How should we govern in the church? All of those things, how leadership positions, he covers all of it. If you don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, how can you believe what it says about Jesus? You can't. You can't. So it's a foundational truth. False religions for centuries have been peddling the idea that the Bible has errors and is wrong. An easy example of this is Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith started the Mormon church on the basis that God's word was incomplete and that it was wrong. And and, and so guess what? 
I better complete it. And so he says he did with the Book of Mormon. In modern times, false churches have changed God's word to fit this social narrative that we see, even in our country. Just this week, I want you to, I want you to hear what a, a senator from Georgia he has reverend in front of his name, but I use that term very loosely because of what he says. This is what he said. Reverend Raphael Warnock said this about Easter. And I quote, The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. That is a lie from Satan. That is a lie. You are not able to save yourself. Scripture says that you're sinful and you are dead in your sins. Not through doing good work or giving to the poor or or trying to help some social cause. That's great. We should help the poor. Awesome. That's not going to save you. That's not going to save you. There's nothing more important throughout history than what we celebrated last Sunday at Easter, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing that overtakes that. Nothing. So people will change God's word to fit a narrative. It's a false gospel, and it's changing the truth of God's word. You can be a social justice warrior. You can advocate for all the wrongs in the world and you are still dead in your sins if you don't believe in Christ. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, only through his resurrection can we be justified in God's eyes. So what do all cults have in common? All cults have in common that they change this book. All of them will change this book. The thing that separates True biblical Christianity from many religions of the world is our claim to a single written authority from God. And that's scripture. That's scripture. All of them will modify this book to fit an agenda. We believe this is without error. It's God's perfect holy word. Mark, and and so here's a verse. Jesus even says this. Mark 13, 31. Mark 13, 31 says this. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So I either have to believe Jesus on the subject or I believe a cult or somebody who says, oh no, God's word's been changed and so we have to fill it in. We have to add to it. We have to take away I either believe Jesus' words when he says, my words are never going to pass away, or I have to believe some goofball who wants to change it to fit his agenda. You see, you can't have it both ways, right? You either believe in the truth of Jesus and what he says, or, or if you don't, then Jesus is a liar. You either believe in the truth of Scripture and Jesus says, my words aren't going to pass away. Jesus is either, there's really only two options here. For everybody... Whether you're an eighth, whether you claim to be an atheist or whether you claim to be a biblical Christian this morning, you either believe that Jesus is God in flesh, died on the cross for our sins, rose again, defeating death, the creator of the universe, or you believe he's a crazy lunatic carpenter. There's no middle ground. He's either the biggest 
liar and for somehow a homeless guy we're still talking about 2,000 years later but people are crazy and they don't believe in him or he's the God of the universe. Now I know what category I fit into and I know what Jesus says about his word that his word isn't going to change and it's not going anywhere. So you either believe the words of some famous scientists and some guys who think they're really smart here or you believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Can't have it either way. What what else does he say in scripture? Proverbs 36. Do not add to his words lest he rebuke you and you'd be found a liar. That means that I don't, I don't want to add anything to here. If, it, if it's here, I want to preach it. I want to teach it. If, if it's not here, I don't want to preach or teach it. I don't want to mold a sermon to fit Jeff's kingdom. I don't want to mold a, a, a sermon to fit a personal agenda. I want a, a message in his word to glorify and honor him. So I don't want to add to it. I don't want to take away. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 says this. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Now that's speaking about the book of Revelation But that goes to all of Scripture. You know, it seems pretty simple. It's pretty simple logic here, really. If you add or take away anything to this book, you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you add or you take it away, you aren't. You're lost. If you don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, if you don't believe that this is absolutely 100% true and, and without error, how can you be a follower of Christ? Because everything's up for grabs. Everything would be up for grabs. Here's the second point. I told you it wouldn't go too long this morning, but it's important. Here's the second point. Why do we have these kids do this? One, we believe it's actually, the. I believe that it's God's words. And if I'm a follower of God, I want to know his words. I want to know who he is. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what scripture says. God's word is going to help you overcome sin in your life. God's word is going to help you overcome sin. Psalms 119, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Love, love David's words here. How can a young man keep his way pure? He asks a question there. If you look it up, I know I'm going fast, but write these verses down, they're up here. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let not... Me, let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. So he says, how do I keep my way pure? By not going away from your commandments. Where are his commandments? Right here. And he says, I store up the word in my heart so that I'm not going to sin against God. When Jesus was being tempted, this is the best example in scripture Jesus sets the, he he shows us how to do it. When Jesus had been out in the wilderness for 40 days without food, Satan comes to tempt Jesus and he offers him three temptations. And what does Jesus do after every single temptation? He quotes scripture. He quotes the Old Testament. 
And what does Jesus say to Satan? Get away from me, Satan. And what does Satan do? He leaves. How was Satan defeated? By the king of the universe. By scripture. When Satan tempts us with sin in our life, I want my kids to have God's word stored in their heart so that they can overcome sin. You have to have God's word stored in your heart. That's why we encourage our kids and ourselves to know God's word. It will keep us from sinning against God. If you want little Peggy and Johnny or whoever it is, no picking on Johnny, I got a Johnny in here, but if you want them to not sin against God, you teach them his word. It seems like such a basic principle, and it really is, but what's sad is so many people don't do it. Why did Sierra have to stand up here and say that this was the only church body out of 23 churches in our association to do Bible drill? That's, that's, I don't know. I don't have words for it. It's horrible. We guys, effort, we should want to teach our kids God's word. It's foundational for their life. Here's some examples. If you want, if you, if you, when they go out on a date, when they start dating, they get in starting having relationships. If you don't want them to get into premarital Sex, premarital uh, infidelity. You teach them what God's word says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in passion of the lust like Gentiles who do not know God. You teach them what it says. They store it in their heart. So when these snot-nosed boys, no offense teenage boys in here, are trying to do things with your daughter, they say, I know that's not right because my parents taught me God's word and I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they get invited to that party down in the bean field here, they know Proverbs 20 chapter 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink a, ball, a brawler, and whoever is led astray is not wise. You teach them those things. They know God's word. You know, here's the number one thing. I told you I wasn't going to go long this morning. This is just important. We do all sorts of counseling at Crossbridge. All sorts of counseling. Marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, divorce situations, unruly teenagers, whatever it is. And when, those, when, when we're doing counseling, I always ask them, you know, hey, tell me what's going on. They tell me, and the first thing I ask them, the first thing I ask them, are you in God's word? Are you reading God's word? Are your kids reading God's word? Look, like we tore it up fishing. Where's Hunter? We, tore, we went yesterday, what, Friday night, and we went to Truman Lake, and I mean, we tore it up, me and Danny and his son, my cousin, and Hunter, and we had fun. We caught like 51 crappie and 18 white bass, and we tore it up, and I was teaching them how to catch white bass, and they were, you know, of course, I always think I'm the best fisherman there, but the boys outfished me, to be honest with you, but they did, and so I, we're teaching them these things, and I, I'm going to take him turkey hunting this afternoon. I hope he just smokes a big gobbler. But I can teach them all sorts of stuff like that and it doesn't amount to a hill of beans if I don't teach them about God's word. Like, I, 
It just doesn't matter. And, and so I ask people that are in this, are you have, and, and listen, if my kids don't read the Bible, we ain't going fishing. If you, we ain't going hunting. You're not going to go play baseball. You're not going to play basketball. It ain't going to happen. I keep track of whether my kids read God's word or not. I do. Well, man, you're just an unruly parent. No, I care about them. I love them. Now, I'm not saying I get it perfect because if Selena was up here, she could tell you I don't get it perfect. I don't. But this should be a foundational thing in our households. I ask them, are you faith, faithfully attending a church that's teaching God's word? Are you being taught God's word? And you know what I usually get when I'm going through counseling? To every single answer, yes, no, no, no. And you know what my answer is? I don't have the gift of mercy. I'm working on it. You know what my answer is? What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? I mean, we're in this situation because we don't follow what this says. Surprise, right? I mean, I don't say it like that, but it's the truth. Like, what does Scripture say? Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let me be brutally honest. I said after they got done that we could have an invitation. I believe that with all my heart we could have had an invitation right there. Because the Holy Spirit could have convicted you and convicted me that, oh, man... (laughs) I bet you if we got our elders up here, we don't, we're not going to do that this morning because <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed. But I bet you if I did, we'd have got hammered a little bit. Now, I say that, but I say that, but we did win the trophy for the Bible competition. So let me back off just a little bit. We do study God's word. But I, I want to say, if I'm brutally honest, I think we have people that have been Christians for 20 years. I know The American church has people that have been followers of the Lord Jesus Christ for 20 years and they don't know the slightest thing about what this says. And I don't don't know, I mean, I don't get it other than I can challenge you. These kids this morning, I pray, have challenged you to get serious about God's word in your life and in your family's life. And the impact that it has on your life and your family's life. Listen, you guys know my favorite verse, right? I think it applies to so many things. What does it profit you? What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? You know, I apply that in certain different areas. I don't change scripture, but I look at that and I say, what does it profit my son if he turns into a professional baseball player? or a professional fisherman, or my daughters, a professional basketball player, or the best teacher, but they don't know Christ and his word. What does it profit? It don't mean anything. So what is my responsibility? To teach them God's word, that they store up his word. How do you do that? It's pretty simple. It's really simple. As long as you're living in my household, we're going to go to church. As long as you're living in my household, we're going to talk about God's word. As long as you're living in my household, under my authority and my roof, we're going to read the Bible. And if you don't, I'm going to take your phone and I'm going to see how many times I'm skipping across my pond. (laughs) 
Now that may sound hard. Listen, but I usually don't have to grab my kids' phones and say, let me see if you're reading God's word. Every once in a while I will. And sometimes when I do, they usually say, Dad, they know it's coming, and if they're behind, they warn me. But it's foundational. It's a foundational truth, right? Now, here's for us adults. I want to close this morning with a challenge from God's Word. Paul is given a young preacher named Timothy a charge in ministry, and it applies to each one of us today. It's 2 Timothy 2.15. It says this. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed. Rightly handling the word of truth. He's telling this young preacher. Present yourself to God as somebody who knows how to handle his words. Who cares about his words? Who wants, who cares about the details of this book? Who cares about who God is? It's foundational. It's foundational. That's the challenge. Are you approved as a worker who knows how to handle the word of truth? Those are foundational things that we make as a, uh, before somebody's a, an elder, that we, it's a process. I mean, that we need to know how to teach God's word and know what it says. And know that we're not perfect, but we want to stand on the truth of this. So as I close this today, I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. As I close this, I ask you today, yes, we're, we're, we're going to take up offering also during our invitation time. But as I close this, are you a worker in Christ that knows how to handle his word? If not, I urge you today to commit yourself to reading this daily. Not only reading this daily, studying this, and then applying what you read and you live it out. Maybe that starts today with you saying, hey, I need discipleship. I need to meet with one of you guys for an hour every week and go through discipleship and talk. I love doing discipleship. I love it. Me and Slane are going through discipleship with Brian and Abby right now. It's awesome. I love it. The questions that they ask and the conversations. I'm going through discipleship on Wednesday night with Mike. It's awesome. They're learning God's word. They're soaking up. And I ask them, stay in the word. Read the word. Maybe that starts with you this morning saying, hey, I need to go through discipleship. Because when I was saved and baptized, the church just patted me on the back and said, good luck. Have fun as a new believer. It's not what we're commanded to do, church. Maybe it starts with you today saying, hey, I've been a believer my whole life. I need to join this local body of believers. I need to join this church to serve. Maybe you're here today and you haven't been teaching your family like you should be. You know, I love Joshua's words in Joshua 24, 15. He calls out all the ones that are, he says, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day. And then he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua has this bold statement. Joshua's bold in his love for God. He's bold. He says, as for me and my house, whatever you guys do, no matter, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And he makes that commitment. 
Are you committed to that? That means you may have to change your routine in the evenings and what you teach your kids. Maybe you're here this morning and you need the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You've never believed on the Jesus of this book. Not the Jesus that gets peddled all over our country. The Jesus of this book who came and lived a perfect life and put your sins on himself on the cross and died so you could live. Maybe you need to come this morning and profess that. I'm going to ask you to stand today. As we have our invitation, we're going to also take up our offering. It's a time of worship also. Let's pray. If you need to come this morning, you can come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning again for your word. I thank you for these, these children, Lord, that have came today and just, Lord, convicted us and set an example as young believers what it looks like to learn your word and hide it in their heart. And I'm thankful for their example today. Lord, if we're here today and we're not doing that in our own lives, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict us, that we'll get into your word, that we'll take your word serious. It's who you are. That we'll take it serious how we're raising our families in your word. Lord, that we're not going to bend to whatever our society says. Lord, we're going to stand on the truth of your word. Regardless of the outcome, we're going to stand on the truth of what your word says. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Let me start off this morning. Let me get some Bible drillers up here. All four of you, no surprise here, all four of them passed today and have advanced the state. Yeah. You guys want to say anything? Any takers? And they did so good. Like standing up in front of all you guys, they did a great job. All right, Weston, come here, Weston. This young man came on Easter, Easter morning. Weston's 14. Am I getting it right? Yep. Yeah. Weston came on Easter morning, and he walked up here, and there were tears just streaming down his face. And I said, Weston, what, what's going on, brother? Why are you here? And he said, I'm scared. I need to be saved. And so I went after church with him. We went into a side room, and uh, he was about seven or eight years old, uh, and he was attending a church in Springfield, and he, uh, he had ended up getting baptized. He said, but I didn't really understand. I didn't really know what was going on. Really didn't know what I was doing. And uh, today I know. And man, I asked him to share the gospel with me in there, what Jesus did for him. And I mean, he was hitting home runs out of the park. And uh, so basically he said, I need to be saved. And I said, hey, you don't need the preacher to pray for you. You just need to pray and, and acknowledge who God is and what he's done for you. And 
You did that, didn't you? Last Sunday after church. So he, he is, I want you to congratulate him. We're going to baptize him in the river. We like to go down to the river when it warms up. We got baptism the last Sunday in May. So if I've talked to you about baptism, make sure you come and talk to me. If you haven't been baptized, we talk about salvation and baptism. Adeline, come up here. I'm really happy for this family. Um, I got, me and Josh got a text this week that this young lady also, Adeline has professed Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And this is an example of what I just preached about, that they're having these conversations at home. Me and Josh were involved in this process. This is, they're talking about this at home. She professes Christ at her house. So anything you guys want to say? Either one, start with you. No? Okay. Anything? All right. To God be the glory. All right. Uh, I want you to come around and congratulate them this morning. We're going to close in prayer. I want you to congratulate these kids. I hope today has spurned you on a little bit to uh, get into God's Word. They worked hard in studying those verses and knowing the books. And, yeah, and families... Congratulations, because it's a it's a win for parents. It's I mean everybody. Uh, it's, it's an awesome day in God's house. So let's close in prayer, and then I want you to come around and congratulate them uh, this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you again today, Lord, uh, that we're here, Lord, with our brothers and sisters worshiping you. And Lord, I'm thankful for our Bible drillers this morning that worked so hard in studying your word, Lord, and just did a great job in front of the whole congregation. And so, Lord, I, I'm thankful for them. Lord, thank you for Weston and Adeline, them professing you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, and that you've saved them. Uh, God, be with them as they grow in their relationship with you, that we as a church will disciple them and teach them. I pray for their families, God. Lord, we love you. Let us enjoy today worshiping you and glorifying you in, our, in, in your creation and enjoying who you are, Lord. We love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.